Welcome to another episode of Encounter with God Together. I'm happy today to have with me again my good friend Gil Rolon, who um, is a chaplain. He's a chaplain at a prison, Bucks County Prison, here in Pennsylvania. We've uh, been friends for a long time, worked alongside each other in various capacities. And Gil, it's great to have you back. I know uh, I've had feedback from our listeners that uh, they really appreciate some of the things you've shared. So I'm sure you're going to have some more for us tonight today. Thank you so much, Gil. Thanks for having me. And uh, I wanted to thank everyone that's listening uh, for allowing me to share my heart today. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, why don't I, why don't I pray? Because uh, we got a lot, a lot in this week's uh, passage, a lot of, a lot of questions and um, a big story. So let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for, for Gil. I thank you for his heart, for his heart, for your word, for his heart, for your people and his heart for those people who you have yet to call for the prisoners and uh, for those who are outside your kingdom. And Father, he um, he has seen a, a, a long journey uh, among some of his, his own people in his life and, and these prisoners that he works with. And, and tonight as he, he shares about Joseph and this journey that, that we've been on through the passages t- telling of Joseph's story, uh, speak to us, speak through Gil, and uh, help us to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. So we're continuing from last week's series with um, Joseph and his brothers and how they sold them into slavery. Um, and then we're starting in Genesis chapter 32 this week, and we're going through various chapters in 43, 44, and 45, um, what's the after effect? So now that he's been sold into slavery, um, he's already built his way up. He's actually second in charge in Egypt together with Pharaoh. And now what's happened, where we're going in chapter 42 is Joseph's brothers go to Egypt because there's a famine in the land and they, they need food. There's grain in Egypt, so they have to go there. To, uh, to see if they can get some food. And that's where the story begins, you know? So, you know, he goes there and uh, they're brought uh, before his brother, who's now in charge. And um, verse 42, verse, um, verse eight says, although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Hmm, right. Enough, you know, they, and I don't know what that was, you know, I don't know if they didn't recognize him because of all, I don't know, the, the crown or the, the, the clothes and everything, or did God blind their eyes so they wouldn't recognize him? I don't know. You know, I do know that God had a purpose. You know what I mean? I, I don't know how that was going to work, but it was fulfilled that when he said to them that in his dreams that, you know, they would be looking up to him one day, you know, they and sure enough, here it is. It's, it's, it's really happening. So they, you know, they, they come before him and he talks to them and he's being really hard with them, really hard with them. He's trying to teach them a lesson. He's not letting them off the hook here. And he's <laughs> he's testing them. And I, I got to tell you, as I, you know, and I've read this through many, many times before, but as I really settled down and, 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 and studied this week, he was really being tough on his brothers, man. It's no joke. Like he wasn't letting up. He could have just said, hey, guys, it's me, you know, it's, it's Joseph. I know this happened, you know, let's bygones be bygones. I forgive you. And he wasn't doing that. He was there to teach a lesson. And I believe 
In his heart, he believed that God was using this lesson to help teach his brothers and his family a lesson that God ultimately needed to fulfill. So I believe that was that was part of the reason. But when he did see them, the Bible does say in verse 24 that he turned away from them and he began to weep. So he really felt the pain of missing his brothers. You know, he, he turned back to them and spoke to them again. And he had Simeon, one of the brothers, taken from him. And he says, no, no, you, I'm going to keep him. You go back to your house and bring me Benjamin, the youngest one. I want to see him. And they were like, oh, dad's going to be upset. You know, we already lost Joseph. You know, he thinks he died. And so he, he does this, you know, in verse 42. He says, you know, let, let, let's see. Um, I, I had asked a question um, Gail, and, um, you know, we, we, we look at the trek of this long journey and I just wanted to ask you a question and ask, you know, the listeners a question is why does, why do you think sometimes God allows the longer road to get an answer as opposed to a shortcut? Like if somebody asked you that, well, how would you answer that? How would you, answer um, that? you, you, uh, you ask such easy questions tonight, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I do think about that because uh, in my own life, there's been processes and, you know, and I think we've coined the phrase hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And you can see things along the way or understand things looking back. Just just this morning, I was sharing with a group. I, I just came off of a, a retreat, uh, not a retreat, a, a visioning gathering at the beach at Harvey Cedars, uh, talking about how we're going to be able to expand our, our beach ministry and our open air ministry. Right. And I was sharing this morning a passage of Jesus by the by the beach. And it's actually two times that he um, he meets Peter and, and the other some of the other disciples that he called. And they've been fishing all night and they didn't get a catch. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, put out into this place and let down your net for a catch. And that's where the fish are. Jesus knows where the fish are. Right. And he knows the end of the story. Um, you know, why couldn't they have just gotten the fish the night before, um, <laughs> but they're, they're seeing him and then, and when, when Jesus provided the fish abundantly beyond, you know, so that the boats were sinking, uh, Peter says, get away from me. I'm, I'm a sinner, you know, and I, I just wonder if, if sometimes we need to have that sense of who God really is and that he's only God is God, you know, and it's not, we're not the player that, that God is the player in our stories. Not that we don't do things or that we don't have a part, but that the things that God has purposed, it it's his purpose. And I think he wants us sometimes to know that, that we might not know that if we, if we, everything sort of, and I don't know. You asked me. A, I'm, I'm talking off the cuff. You know, that's a, and I love the the story that you used because in the story that you used, you know, had had they gotten the catch the first time, um, would he have grown? Would he have learned? We have learned to depend on the Lord and His Word, you know, and listening to Him. So there's there's a huge lesson there. A huge lesson there, you know. So God had a purpose. It took longer, but because of it, they grew and they learned to trust God at His Word when He said when He said. He knew the place. You said he knew the place. He knew where it was. And they cast and all these fish that the nets broke, right? The nets broke. So, I mean, how great a blessing. So when we don't allow the Lord to take us through the longer route, even though we hate it and we're tired and we want an answer right now, at the end, when we see the result, we're blessed by it. And if we're not seeing that, then we're going to miss out on the blessing that God has for us. 
So again, back in Genesis now 20, 43, the second journey to Egypt, you know, the famine is still going on the land. Um, he's begging his father to let Benjamin go with him. He already lost Joseph. He's, I'm not going to let him go. You know, this is crazy. You know, there's too much going on here. And um, they're, they're upset because he can't go back without Benjamin because um, Joseph is holding Simon hostage in jail because he's not going to let him go until he sees what's going on. And, you know, they feel powerless. You know, they feel powerless. And I think sometimes we feel that way. Sometimes we feel powerless and not, we don't know what to do. You know what I mean? Really? And I, I think that's one thing I always say to myself, one thing about, when I think about those that don't know Christ, I, I don't, like, I, I don't know how to put, I've been serving the Lord since I was 16, and I'm, I'm, I'll be 62 in a couple of weeks. So I've been serving the Lord most of my life. But I, I don't, where am I going to go when things like that happen? Like, what, what am I going to do? I, I would feel, I, I never feel powerless or helpless because I have someone to go to. I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the Lord. But to not have that, that would be devastating. I can't imagine that. Like, I, I can't imagine living a life without Christ. And I'm not just saying that, like, in a religious aspect. I really don't. I don't, I don't know how I would live my life any other way. Mm. I mean, it's, anyway. Thank God for Jesus. How's that? Thank God that Jesus is in my life every day. I thank God for that every day. Um, in Genesis 44, it's again, the same cat and mouse game continues. You know, they're going back and forth. He's holding their brother. They're, dealing, they're trying to deal with their brother. Joseph's behavior is getting a better understanding of the genuineness. So then he, you know, he, he puts a, a silver cup in, in, in Benjamin's sack on purpose and off they go, and he sends someone. He says, they stole my cup, and he planted it. <laughs> oh, no, we didn't steal your cup. And they're all scared to death because they're going to die you know, over this guy. And he's just trying to see how loyal they are. But not, finally, he sees that they are loyal, that they're sincere, that their hearts have changed. And, um, man, he's just, like, totally, totally, totally taken by their love and the way that they're really trying to change. And, you know, sometimes, you know, God, God doesn't make sense. He doesn't make sense with a lot of things that he does. And uh, we had shared before we started talking about this, that if if there's a mountain in our lives, okay, and the mountain is, is the testing of our faith, if we could see on the other side of the mountain, it would either excite us or scare us. And it really would. Yeah. I mean, at one point, if I could look and say, oh, that looks really good. It's exciting. That's great. But if I could see other things and go, oh, that's scary. I don't want to go through that. And so he doesn't let us see it. He doesn't let us see. He lets us go through it because there's a point A and there's a point B. And if I'm making this up, I'm looking for a job. Well, it's easy to say, Lord, I need a job. And it's easy for him to go like this and say, okay, you got a job. And the next day I get a job. And sometimes he does that, right? And what a great, I love those prayers. This is my favorite. <laughs> but too many times, you know, Lord, you know, I need a job and here's point A and point B. And he takes me like this. He takes me around and it takes me a while to finally get there. But the truth is, the point between A and B is where we grow. It's the process. Where processes. Yeah. He really does. He molds us. He breaks us. He, you know, if not for the journey, then what, where are we, how are we growing? The journey is where we grow. So we need that in our lives. It's crazy to say. It is great to get an answer right away. And sometimes he does that. But the truth is, if we're patient and know that God's working with us, Lord, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to teach me? 
then it's going to be easier to go through it with every day saying, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you with my kids, their salvation. I'm trusting you with my husband, maybe who doesn't know you. I'm trusting you for this healing in my life because I don't I don't feel well and I need to feel better. And a doctor says I may not make it. I'm trusting you with my job because I hate it or I don't have a job and, you know, I need a better job with money. Whatever it is, pick one. But all of it is a journey to get us to a place where we just have to trust him that it's going to be for the good and it is going to be for the better. Um, in Genesis 45, Joseph finally gives up. He tells the truth. He goes, it's me. It's Joseph. I love, I'm your brother. And they're all staring at him like, what are you talking about? You know, I can't even imagine their faces when they, their, their jaws must have just dropped. Like, must be like seeing a ghost. I mean, it really was. It was kidding. And this guy is like second in charge of the kingdom and all this time. And, and they're shaking like a lead. They're shaking because he's got the power. They're thinking maybe... He's going to take out his revenge on us, but it's not revenge that Joseph is seeking. It's reconciliation. It couldn't yeah. be further than the truth. He was a man of God. He wasn't seeking that at all. And so he, you know, he speaks to them and he talks to them in a beautiful and effective way. And he, you know, he tells them the truth. And the Bible says, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And then in verse 46, of course, Joseph meets with his father. I can't imagine a moment what that would have been like, you know, for his father to think that his son was dead. And to see him alive, that that's beyond anything I can even imagine. To think that my my child was not alive and all of a sudden to see him, and not only see him, see him, you know, second in charge of the kingdom, he's in charge of all this stuff. And the Bible says not that God save your life. Oh my Lord, that's just beyond yeah. beyond the top. My um my wife, um, Iris, is from North Philadelphia. You know, we're both Hispanic, our families from Puerto Rico. And I was born in North Philadelphia, but I was moved to the suburb when I was five, six years old to Lansdale. So I grew up in a predominantly um, safe neighborhood, you know, good education. You know, my dad had a good job at Philco Ford. My wife did not. She grew up in the ghettos of Philadelphia, very poor. Um, her father was abusive to his mother and to his daughters, very abusive. He was uh, bad news, bad, bad, bad news. And didn't, you know, told them, you know, you're, you're not going to amount to anything. You know, he, he, had, he had seven kids and he was just really, really nasty to them. Mm. Ironically enough, um, around the time that my wife was about 15 years old, my grandmother witnessed to her father before we met and won him for the Lord. Wow. My grandmother won him for the Lord. Your grandmother. My grandmother won him for the uh -huh. Lord. Little did I know one day that I would be marrying one of his daughters. My grandmother won him for the Lord. And he still, had, you know, he, he had changed. He stopped drinking. He was better, but he still, you know, just didn't believe in, in, in prosperity. He didn't believe in moving up. He, you know, he believed that, you know, he, he was living in the ghetto. That's where you live. You know, you don't try to really get out of that. That's what it is. And my wife, it took her a long time when we got married. She started as a secretary and then, you know, she didn't think a lot of herself. I had to motivate her, you know, blah, blah, blah. And little by little, you know, we had a family, but she started going to night school and she went to, to a two-year college or something, got an associate's degree and, and then got into accounting a little bit. And then she went to Monco, which is a local college in our area, and she got her a true associate's degree. And then she went to Temple and she got a bachelor's degree and she became a teacher. And it was great. She wanted, always wanted to be a teacher. She became a teacher and it was very exciting. And then her father was still, you know, negative about, ah, you know, you're, you're not going to do anything with that, you know, still really, really negative. And then she got her master's from Cabrini and she became an assistant principal at a school. 
And her father said, oh, look at you, you know, you, you, you know, you got it. And whatever, you know, he just never, I believed him. I was a cheerleader for my wife. I believed in her. She's smart. She's a lot smarter than I am. God bless her, you know. But um, a couple of years ago, um, she got her doctorate from Gwena University. You know? Wow. She's now the principal at Upper Merion Middle School. But I look at that journey from that little girl who didn't, no one believed in to where she's at today, a leader, and able to share her faith at that school like it's nobody's business. She prays with these kids. God uses her mightily uh, with these kids. And she, she, the journey that she had when she grew up in North Philly with predominantly African-American kids that were troubled, not just African-American kids, but that were troubled kids, and Puerto Ricans or Hispanics that were troubled now at, at the school, she can really relate to them because she lived that life. She, she was a part of that. And now today they look at her and they embrace her. And now done that without the journey. What I'm trying to say is without that journey of ghetto Philadelphia working her way up to this, where she's at today, she would not be as effective as she is. There's just no way that would have happened, you know? So much like, you know, Joseph, you know, the leader that he is, his past made it possible for his present, you know, to be where he's at, you know? And we see in Genesis 47, um, the Pharaoh gave Jacob and his family a great piece of land. And God promised Jacob that he would have a great piece of land and that his his kids would be like the sand of the sand on the beach. You know, you'd be the multitude of the, of the sand of the beach. And, and he did. He granted that to him and he was given this wonderful piece of land and he lived in prosperity in the middle of a, of a very difficult time. And God blessed Jacob and blessed Joseph and blessed his family with the land. And if we... If we get nothing else from today, let's be patient. God's at work. God's at work. God's at work every day. And he's at work in our kids' lives. He's at work in our lives. He's at work on a journey that we will not understand today, but we will understand later. How many times did the answer come and we look back and go, wow, I didn't see that coming. That's crazy, God. That is so crazy. Like, how, you know, look, look at me. You know, I say this all the time, Gail, but I do share you quite a bit. But your journey is amazing to me. It really is. No, really. You know, I know the times that we had talked and you weren't sure about your future and what that looked like. And today as the president of this wonderful organization, I'm proud of you. I think it's that's grace. And that's God taking you through a real journey to show you grace today. And I think that's amazing. That's wonderful. And it's just an example of what God can do if we're patient. And God knows tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know what he has for you tomorrow. You know what I mean? This is where you're at today. But God is always at work, always at work. I love that way that they finished this series with Psalm 122. And I'm just going to read a little bit of it, if it's okay. The psalmist David said, he said, I rejoice with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is like a, like a built like a city that is closely compacted together. And then he jumps to verse eight, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my brothers and friends, I will say peace be, be within you. I love that. Peace be within you. So don't worry. Let that peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. That's a promise of the Lord. He's going to prosper us. He's going to put security in our hearts. He's going to build up the walls around us. He's going to let us know that he's in control if we will just trust and put ourselves in him each and every day. And I just thank 
thank God for that promise every day, Gail. I really do. I just thank him for the promise every, every day, every day. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Gil. I, I love the parallel that you, you drew from, from your wife. And, uh, you know, I do think there is power in the journey and in the, in the process. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's, it's that way of seeing God. It doesn't always work out on the side of the no. side of earth, you know, no. No. Uh, no. but, um, but we know that there's another part of the story and, uh, and that that's where, where the story ends, you know, not not here when we get buried even. I think it's so. really important too that we we be open to what God wants. You know what I mean? It's just that sometimes yeah. we want this so bad and it's not really what he wants for us. And yeah, it's tough to take the no, you know? It is hard to take the no. And sometimes he can have a totally different plan. I had no desire to become a prison chaplain. I wouldn't become a youth pastor. <laughs> that was the furthest thing from my mind. I mean, I... It wasn't even on my wall. It wasn't even on my wall as one of the things. Hey, God, maybe this. No, that wasn't even on my wall. And it's been 38 years of my life. Wow. 38 years I've been doing prison ministry. And it's been the most wonderful walk that I could have ever imagined in my life. I've been so blessed. And others have been blessed by it, by the grace of God. So it's you know, it's just be open to what, not what I want, Lord, but what you want in my life. And no matter what the journey looks like, take me there. Take me there. So yeah. Do what that does. You know, like Joseph, it's going to be great. It's going to be a ride. But it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Amen. Excellent. Why don't you pray for those who are listening or watching, uh, mm -hmm. who are on their own journey, and just ask God to to whatever you want to ask. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, Lord, and for this podcast, and I thank you for the listeners and for Gail and Scripture Union, Lord God. And I pray, Lord, you know our hearts and you know what we're going through. You know um, the petitions that we have. Maybe a loved one that's not saved, maybe a healing that is needed, Lord God, maybe a financial need that we're going through, Lord, for our organization or for our homes, for ourselves, for our children that are maybe lost that don't know you. Lord, we're going to continue to trust you, Lord God, and believe the word of the Lord, Father, because there's so many promises in your word. And we're going to claim each and every one of them as you take us through this journey and help us to grow through it, Lord. We trust you, Lord. We love you. If we haven't told you that in a while, we love you, Lord, with our whole heart. So guide us through this journey, Lord, and give us the peace that surpasses all understanding because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. And again, just I always want to remind people that you can you can get the Encounter with God uh, Bible reading that we're, we're referencing in this program through our website, scriptureunion.org. And um, you can read it online. You can read it in your email, you can subscribe to have it delivered in email, or you can get the print version, which I, I personally like. Uh, I'm a print person. I don't, I don't read on the Kindle. I know it's a popular thing to do. Uh, you actually can get a Kindle version of this, by the way. Um, but, um, but you can get it in any way. We would love to have you join if you've come across us without having been part of the the reading community. And Gil, it's always a pleasure to have you. I know you connect. You connect with the listeners. So Thank you. we'll uh, we'll see what God has to say this week, and pray for you as you uh, you continue on your journey. Thank you so much, Gil. Everyone have a blessed week. Thank you. Yes. Right. Bye for now.